Aloha, Matt, and we are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. Today's episode is going to be very personal and maybe even controversial as we're going to be sharing something about our intimate life. And we've been experimenting in our intimate life and we've had some really interesting realizations with this experiment and it is worth sharing with you all because... Um, I think that it could add a lot of value. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting stuff. Buckle up. Um, this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation, maybe, and just bear with us as this is really personal for us to be sharing. And um, I'm so if ready. Mom and dad are listening. Yeah, sorry about that. That's true. Mom, dad, the kids. <laughs> maybe don't listen to this one in the car with the kids. Yeah, if you have kids, this, this is going to be. Let's just let's just say point blank. So Ashley put it nicely. Like we're intimacy, talking about sex. We're talking about sex and <laughs> orgasms today. Specifically, and orgasms. It's going to be badass. It's going to be awesome. All right. But so, the point is, is yeah, don't. This will be like legit for the adults who are like open minded. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing I want to preface is that, and I just thought of this. This is actually not on our talking point list, but. It's funny we're talking about this because as I like am on social media and like looking at stuff, I there is definitely a movement or a I don't know, like a wave of interest towards sexuality and being more open about sexuality and all this mm-hmm. stuff and and even like just like promoting like yeah, this opening up to being more sexual and all that like, stuff is... Almost like a resurgence of free love. Sure. Like open relationships are so evolved kind of a thing. Yeah. And then, and then, and just... But just is it? Embrace your sexuality. <laughs> okay. So wh- whatever, that's all fine. Okay. But it's funny because I, and not that we're, in that, not that this is the opposite of that, but it is kind of in a way really interesting because what we're about to tell you guys is that um, we've been experimenting with actually instead of embracing let's orgasm all the time and have so much sex we've been experimenting with actually withholding orgasms Mm. it has been epic to say the least yeah which is ironic because you would think that it'd be the opposite but yeah so let me backtrack on how this (laughs) this experiment started um i was actually listening to a podcast um and I've known about this for a while, just being... Yeah, we've heard about this concept, like, for years, ever since we kind of met. Yeah, like, that in the yoga philosophy, there's this theory of kundalini. So kundalini is, like, your life force energy. It is your prana. Kundalini in yoga philosophy is said to sit at the base of the spine, and it gets activated through, or it can get activated through, you know, devoted meditation or certain types of yoga practices, but also through intimacy. And if the kundalini gets activated, that life force energy gets created and expanded, it starts to elevate up through the chakras and can lead to spiritual awakening, enlightenment, or also just really heightened states of awareness in your everyday life. And one of the ways that you can create and expand your kundalini and one of the ways you can um, awaken it and, and, and help it to move up the chakras is by having a very euphoric sexual experience, but then not orgasming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think honestly, the biggest thing that we've noticed from all this is the effects on the male, because I think most commonly, um, the you know let's just it is what it is like most commonly the man is the one that's always orgasming in sex and it's more common to hear that the woman it's a little more rare uh for her to be orgasming but it is perfectly possible for women to kind of experience the same effects we're going to be talking about today because ultimately there's so many layers to this experiment um i'll be kind of checking in and relaying the science and the biology of what's happening. But there's definitely something to the male experiment. So what did you think when I first presented you with this idea? Because originally I'm the one who was like, oh, this is really interesting. I've heard about this. I've read about this, but like I've never actually committed to doing this. We have a pretty normal married couple sex life. Like we have sex, we both, you know, well, you obviously orgasm probably more than me, but we, you know, we just, we just, we, we, we make love. But this was like, let's intentionally 
I came to you. I was like, I heard about this. I've been reading about it. Let's, let's, let's use our sexual like experience. And and we always say our sex is sacred because it is. Yeah, it's very spiritual. It's very spiritual already. So I feel like it already was, but this is taking it to a whole other level. And I was like, let's not actually let's like withhold our orgasm and see if we can feel the kundalini expansion and like sit with it and see if we can start to raise it Mm -hmm. and how did you feel when i was like asking you can you withhold your orgasm well i'm a pretty open (laughs) super experimental person so it's kind of like my life of like it's almost like the biohacker kind of a person like i'm always like i'll try anything if it, it to see for myself so obviously Ashley pitched it as like, this is super like evolved. It's going to rate, it's like, it's positive ultimately, you know, it's going to like increase vitality and, and passion and energy. If anything, I remember being uh, worried that I would have too much energy because I already have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. So some of the concerns I had uh, that we were realistic about is um, I was worried that I would Because in the past, if I would go too long, which for me is like, if I would go a week or two without orgasming, I would start to become very irritable. And so my actual biggest concern right away was, what if I have anger issues, which we will get into later. I definitely have had to kind of look at stuff like that. Um, So my biggest, I was open. I just think that I was concerned. Like, I wonder how much I'm already too energized. What is this going to do? Like, I might have too much energy. Right. And the the theory with this is, is that when you have an orgasm, your kundalini or your life force or your prana literally leaves your body. So Mm. let's just think of like that vibrating energy building up inside your body vessel and vitalizing all of your energy centers and what that would do would be to whatever's inside of you, that kundalini, if having it inside of you magnifies what theme of consciousness you're already in. Or if it's rising, if it's rising up the the centers, it's gonna, you know, magnify like your creativity, your your third, your third chakra, your will, like your ability to create in the world because you're not expending that life force energy through an orgasm. Like just imagine like that orgasm is all of your your spiritual will your drive just leading you yeah and so the idea is like keep it inside of you and use that cultivate it use it to write music create a book like start a business give service like use it to connect with divine spirit to awaken or just be more productive sure and one of the things that we've noticed is that if by expending the life force energy, it's almost like a way to suppress lower themes of consciousness. So if you're somebody who has a lot of irritability or anger or like even like sadness or it really orgasming and having sex can be a way to suppress lower themes of consciousness because you get endorphin hits throughout the act of sex and then that big buildup and that release is like a dopamine high. So if you're somebody who deals with lower themes of consciousness, it could turn into a crutch or a coping mechanism to band-aid those themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one, of, like I just said in the past, and I think a lot of men relate to this, it's very common for men to use orgasm as a stress relief. And we think that's healthy in we our normal society. Healthy, We're like, but yeah. it's really not. It'd be like, it's the same as saying... Uh, I can use marijuana or alcohol as a stress. Yeah, I really need to have a beer. I really need to have an orgasm is the same as saying I really need to have the dopamine from smoking a joint. I really need to have the dopamine from um, drinking a couple beers. It's all the same. Or getting a vanity hit because you're feeling desired. Like if you're in a lower theme of like low self-esteem, sometimes having having sex. sex. which Which explains like in my college years, sexual conquest. Uh, looking back on it, I it was exactly that. It's I need to feel desired, so I'm gonna go woo a woman and have sex, and then I'll feel good about myself. But then ultimately, the next day, I feel like shit anyway, and it comes all back. It just yeah, and that back. misuse of the sexual energy is like suppressing for your own lower themes. Yes, instead it's of hiding what you really need to look at. Yeah, it's hiding exactly. It's masking what you already need to look at, and something that is key to note here is that we're not saying sex is bad because sex is in it yeah so let's keep clarifying that yeah like the you keep having sex 
You just don't have orgasm. Yeah, the theory that we're, we're experimenting with is that we have a intimate experience, but we pause and close the experience before there's a release. Exactly. And so the actual intimacy isn't the problem, but the problem is, is the intimacy is being misused for for other things rather than for the raising of kundalini, for the heightening of consciousness, for the um, intimacy and connection of uh, worship to the divine or seeing of yourself in the other, like that union of consciousness that can happen when you're um, in a sexual experience. That typically is not being consciously done. Most people are just using sex just like they would use drinking. Like, I just need to get off. I just need to have a release. I just need to decompress. I just need to be wanted. Yeah, crazy um, way to put it that we heard a, a friend of ours say that we really like had to step back and be like, whoa, that, that seems true is that in a lot of ways, relationships have issues because sex for a lot of men is just masturbation using their woman. Yep. And there's not really, off. there's not really a lot of connection. It's actually all focused on their, their own pleasure and orgasming. So again, it's all coming back to this orgasm experience. And most women that talk about sexuality say their men have a hard time really like connecting and seeing them is because in reality, they're just masturbating. Yeah. And, and I'll go back for, for me as a woman, not having a connection to my sexuality until really diving into like making sex more part of our um, sacred practice. Like it's for us, it's more of a spiritual experience than it is a physical one. And before that though, when it was more of a physical experience, I just had no connection in my body. I literally would just check out of my body, not feel anything because I felt like I was just getting used by a yeah. guy and it was like for him to get off. And I had nothing to do with it really. I was just like a, a um, tool for his or own, an object. an object for him, for his use. Yeah. So I would just check out of my body and I had no connection to sex. Yeah, and this was before Ashley met me. Yeah. And one our actual first sexual experience was super It was terrible. awkward and weird because of that cuz I was like what are you where where are you? What are you doing? Well, and now and, we and, know that there's actually more to that story that maybe one day I'll sure. share, but yeah. For now. But the point is is all her past relationships, that's how the men were were treating her and it was very interesting for us to start exploring like, well, what's a higher version of this that we can maybe like, you know, I really had to like be like, now, wait a minute, like, let's connect. This is a spiritual experience. Like I let's be in this together. I and, had no idea. How to do and that. Ashley was just like, oh, well, all the men in the past, just like, I thought I just like, you just use me now. And it was like, whoa, and we like, need it's to talk about that. that you had to do on a regular basis. And then I just yeah. have to endure. Yeah. It was crazy, but Holy let's talk. I know. So let's bless talk about you, the <laughs> women, if you resonate with that. Like, oh my god, mm -hmm. wow. Um, let's talk about what You're the so real, loved. yeah, women. You are so loved. The real purpose of sex, or the 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 higher, not the real purpose, because it can be whatever you want it to be. Everyone is free, but let's talk about the highest purpose of sex in orgasm. Yeah, um, I really like. Ramakrishna, one of our teachers, put it as the married couple should really only use sex and well, let's clarify. Technically, Ramakrishna says that you should only use sex for to make children. And then after that, you should be spiritual companions. But let's clean that up and clarify maybe a, what he's really getting at is, well, my own interpretation now with this theory is use orgasm to make a child, but other than that, you should be spiritual companions conserving that life, life force. force. So I think a refined version is just don't waste your orgasms. Yeah. Cultivate that energy. And sex isn't for the purpose. And I think that this is a really tricky thing. And this is why I think most religions and um, spiritual teachers just say, avoid it, avoid just be... Avoid masturbation, avoid like... Sex, promiscuous, because promiscuity. it's you have to have a lot of you have to have done a lot of inner work, have a lot of inner discipline, and be committed to a spiritual practice to use sex in the way we're talking about. Because I think women are a little more like understand it a little more yeah, than men. Totally, because if you're trapped in a theme of consciousness such as desire, 
sex is completely misused. You should totally avoid sex because you don't have the consciousness at that point in time mm -hmm. to use it for its highest purpose. You're using it to perpetuate a theme of consciousness that's keeping you in suffering. So if you, if you have shame and guilt around sexuality, same thing, you're using sex to escape feelings of wrongness and shame over it. So a funny thing about the reason why there's so many uh, men, especially in our Western Christian world that are porn addicts and well, actually take that back anywhere that there's a strong repression of sexuality, there tends to be an extremely high porn use rate. Yeah. One of the highest, um, uh, I, I, I read a study that the, the highest like searches for pornography mm -hmm. are actually in Islam countries. Yeah. And that's why I recanted what I said, because I knew that. Yeah. So there's that. And then obviously I think in our Western world, we all know the Christian concepts of like, obviously masturbation yeah, is isn't bad. Utah the highest porn watching state? Porn and yeah, like antidepressant stuff. So, um, so yeah. And then Islam, I think obviously has a very strong repression of women too, and sexuality as well. So anywhere there's a strong repression of shame and guilt, in other words, around sexuality, there's going to be a heightened expression of it. So something I've noticed as someone who was raised Mormon and therefore extremely conservative Christian, the repression of it, the shame and guilt I had around my sexuality made me explore it more. And it's taken me 30 years now to come full circle and be like, come to my own conclusions of I see my own reason now why masturbation had someone explained it to me this way and been like, hey, man, uh, if you masturbate, you're free to do what you want. But if you do that, just know you're going to be lazy as shit. Just know that you are going to be so weakened by it. Just know that you're going to have very little ambition. Just know that that going to work is going to be a chore. Just know that like normal things in life are going to get exhausting. If you become a porn addict, just know that it's going to f, f up your brain. Just know that like it's going to have serious negative consequences on your everyday life. Just know that you're going to become more and more irritable. You know what I'm saying? Like if we were to really teach and explain to each other like we're trying to do right now, the repercussions of these types of choices, then it would have, it helps make a lot more sense here. So whenever we repress sexuality with shame and guilt, there's going to be a heightened exploration of it. So most men are using porn and masturbating all the time because they were repressed. So they're hiding shame and guilt and they don't want to feel that because obviously it's not our true state. And so we explore it because we're like, I'm not wrong and bad. I, this should be okay. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free as they're masturbating like five times a day or two times a day or whatever it is. They're trying. This is a repression coming out in the form of I'm okay. I'm allowed to do this. So it's a rebellion almost in a sense. Yeah. And it could be any lower theme of consciousness. But when it comes to sexuality, I think the most common are going to be shame, guilt, um, desire, desire, anger. And maybe even pride, which would be the vanity part. Yeah. So those are going to be the most common ones. Was that like five of them? So those are going to be the most common ones. Obviously, someone in hopelessness is not going to probably be using it because there's not going to be enough energy. Um, and probably not in grief. I, although, you know, it could be like a total wedding crashers kind of thing. Like people use sexuality to, to mask grief sometimes too. It's yeah. a little more rare though. But the higher purpose of sex, because that was all what is mm -hmm. the, misuse. the misuse of it, is that orgasm and sacred lovemaking is for the purpose of creation. creation and let's not just talk about like which is a massive event yeah let's not just talk about like making a baby but like let's go all the way back to the creation of the universe the big bang theory mm -hmm. like think about that like creation is this moment of grand expansion and explosion it's a huge event to create the universe it's a huge event to create life and even if we didn't, you know, postulate on the Big Bang concept, but even just like we know, obviously, that universes or I'm sorry, not universes, but like galaxies and, and solar systems are made through stars exploding. So orgasms, <laughs> yeah. they're made through supernovas. They're made through massive explosions in space. So this is all symbolic. Everything is a mirror. Like nature is full of patterns. Or everything's patterns. Everything's yeah. patterns. So the Big Bang, supernovas, exploding stars. This is all microcosms of the macrocosm, which no, is... macrocosms of the... Yeah, yeah I know. I'm just... The, the concept, right? So the orgasm is a microcosm of that. 
So everything's patterns. So nature is repeating itself through all these different versions. And if we were to look at how the solar system and how the whole universe creates, it's through these explosive big experiences. So supernovas don't happen very often, though. Right. A star explodes like after billions of years of being like a star. So what we need to understand is in the same way, creation is a rare, powerful event. It's extremely huge. And, and I, as a man, relate to this even more so because I, sexuality is different. Ashley and I, as we've been pondering this theory, we're noting how the male orgasm is much different than the female because the male orgasm is literally needed to create. The female orgasm does not create. If the female orgasm actually released the egg, that would make more sense, but it doesn't. It just is a euphoric body high. So the female orgasm is not a creative experience, but the male's is, which means the male of all genders of all people should be especially concerned with the use of their orgasm because it is a massive experience for the male that he should be really honoring and, and it, it needs to be sacred because this is a very, it's an explosive supernova kind of a concept. So hence it's, you hear in all spiritual texts and going back to Ramakrishna mm -hmm. when it's like, let's not misuse sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like this is for the purpose of creating a Creation. baby, it's creating a life force. That is why you have all these spiritual texts just saying, don't do it, don't have sex. Like this is really the real purpose of mm. it because to awaken your consciousness, to be the highest potential of yourself, you need to keep your life force energy within you because expending it to create life is a huge event that takes everything out of you. So if you're gonna do that on a daily basis and misuse your mm -hmm. orgasm and misuse your kundalini, imagine what you would feel like if you were creating a universe every single day. That'd and be exhausting. That's exhausting. And now imagine that you're not creating universes, you're just ejaculating everywhere and you're in a lower theme of consciousness of desire, lust, anger, pride, vanity. It's a total misuse of this sacred life force. Yeah, and I think after doing this experiment now for a while, one thing I noticed is that my energy levels went through the roof. The amount of stuff I can do in a day, you guys, is ridiculous. I am a f effing beast. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that. I can accomplish anything. I think I can outwork anybody. And I say that confidently because we all can have access to this. I'm not special. I'm just... I'm just excited to share with you that this is possible. One of the most common things we hear about uh, people writing us about men and when we look in society is that there's a trend happening where men are becoming extremely docile. And as someone who was addicted to pornography for over a decade, you know, I'm open about this. I'm not hiding my vulnerabilities here. I'm, I'm telling you, I know that I was docile as shit. I know that pornography was, was making me docile. It was making me lack initiative, lack ambition, because when you're doing this massive event, this orgasm that when we talked about in our pornography podcast, we went over how that's supposed to be an extremely rare event. You weren't supposed to see a sexually available mate very often in our ancestors' time. That was supposed to be this massive event. Your brain gets flooded with tons of endorphins. It was supposed to be so rare, but instead we're, we're using it every day. And so one of the things I noticed after having a long period of not having an orgasm, and then I did, and I noticed immediately, screw that day. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to move. I felt exhausted. I felt like there's no point. It was like, it was, it was just stupid. I was just like, no motivation. Yeah, a common and thing. And it was so weird to have, to have gone so long without it and then to very consciously experience it and pay attention to how it felt. It was like, and then I was like, holy crap, men are doing this every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I'm like, no wonder they don't want to do anything. Yeah. No wonder they don't want to work or move or get things done. A common thing that we get people write to us often is um, complaints from women that their men 
are unhappy in their lives, are um, not motivated to better their lives, that they have all kinds of issues like anger or depression, um, just addiction to playing video games or addiction to pornography, just lacking that like yang like drive that vision to to go and to do to to be that optimal yang energy it's like it's like men are just like in the world becoming lazier and lazier and com more complacent and more complacent and women are becoming super frustrated and honestly getting out of balance and rising to the occasion and becoming the like like the mama bear for their husbands and being like well I have to do everything I have to take care of him I have to yeah. because he is incapacitated all the time. Hence the double standard that women are commonly having issues with right now. So if you're like, like in a relationship, it's, and we've, we've dealt with this. It's like, mm -hmm. why are you lacking the ambition to improve yourself? Like, why are you always complaining? And why are you so lazy? And why are you, or why are you letting me do it? Yeah. Why like are you the like, woman that is like, the I have to like why do I have everything. to go to work you just and have do all no this? Why aren't you pushing energy? our lives forward? Why am I taking care of the kids and going to work? What are you doing? Like there's, these are all very common things we hear a lot. And one other thing I wanted to add to Ashley's list there is another thing that again, as I've experienced, is also men looking outside constantly of the relationship. So porn and just this overall orgasm concept keeps us looking for the next hit. And the problem with pornography is that it's as easy as a click. And so that makes it seem like all I have to do, like I'll say this again, I don't know if we covered this in the pornography podcast, but I'll repeat it now is... The issue with this instant gratification of dopamine is that the effort it takes to go out and achieve and like stay motivated is so exhausting when I really know that I could just go sit in front of a computer or a phone or whatever the internet device and just do a couple clicks with my finger and just do some button pushing. All of a sudden I get floods of dopamine. Suddenly my, my brain's going to do a cost analysis and be like, wow, real life is exhausting. I don't want to do that. And then likewise, so is my relationship. I don't want to have to go on a date. I don't want to have to plan things and be romantic. I don't want to have to like cultivate, you know, the relationship. I'd rather just do a couple clicks. Yeah. Can you do a little snippet on biologically what's going on with the neurotransmitters? What kind of chemicals mm -hmm. are getting released with watching pornography or with just orgasming in general and how that plays out in, in perceiving our now normal mundane life? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... In, we'll start with the pornography concept of pornography, like we said a second ago, our brains were not wired to see so much sexuality. Um, we were supposed to see, you know, one person uh, kind of, you know, typically, and it was very rare. So what do you mean see one person? Okay, so like our ancestors, right. you know, their sexuality, like you didn't see naked people constantly. Mm. You know, it was very rare to see someone sexually available and, you know, see someone naked and like want to have sex with them. That was extremely rare. So when that happened, the brain was flooded with all of these endorphins and um, tons of neurotransmitters to get you energized to now go mate and reproduce and create, right? So the, the issue though is, is when you expose yourself to, let's say, um, let's say if I were to kind of reflect on a typical kind of a concept of looking at porn, you're probably seeing, let's just say hundreds of available mates, which is so ridiculous how unnatural that is. You would have never seen that many unless you were like uh, a king with like a concubine or like a harem. Like that was not normal. And even those kings, we would all say had total issues, <laughs> you know, like so pornography is allowing you to expose yourself to an astronomical amount of unnatural exposure of dopamine and neurotransmitters that are endorphins that are making you feel incredibly high. Let's just call it high. You're feeling euphoric. You're feeling high from it. And then the issue is, though, is as soon as you orgasm and it's all done, you crash because the, all the endorphins stop. Because as soon as you orgasm, it cuts. And then that, that's the crash. So after orgasm, it's exhausting. It's like, oh, it's release. Life is exhausting. And that's why men are using orgasms as a stress relief because we're like, oh, I just want to, oh, oh, God, okay. I get high and then I crash. 
Just like when you drink, you feel good for a little bit and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm tired now. Or same with marijuana. It's like euphoric, you're having a good time and then like, oh, I'm really relaxed and tired now. I just want to relax. And then so, you become complacent in life because of those big high Exactly. Hits. Life now becomes... Normal life is so boring. Can't you know? do you don't get you don't get nearly the same amount of dopamine from checking off your to do list for your mm-hmm. average Tuesday that you get from having orgasms from clicking yeah. from girl to girl on pornography. Yeah, and and I'm just being like you know generous here with the conservative with the numbers. I mean, if you're someone who can look at porn for, you know, I remember there were plenty of times where it could be like over an hour, like of just surfing not necessarily not necessarily masturbating but just looking that that's like now we're talking like hundreds hundreds and hundreds of women now you're talking about like an, such an absurd amount that the brain we're how is normal reality going to match it's just not because this is unrealistic so what's that do to you and your normal what would somebody like so normal life is going to be completely stupid mundane annoying exhausting not worth it. So what it. kind of thoughts would someone think that has this imbalance of dopamine? Well, all you're going to be thinking about is getting back to the dopamine again. So one of the things I've noticed as I've been healing these, you know, and recovering from this is that it's taken my brain a long time to be okay with delayed gratification. And I still struggle with it. Um, as we just finished this book, that was a long delayed gratification. It was like a year long process. So anything delayed, though, there's been times when even if something takes over an hour, I'm like, oh, my God, I need a reward. Like, I need this to be over. I need some sort of dopamine. And hit how does this. that come out? It comes out in like frustration, complaining, like what? Yeah. So when, so when the dopamine is not when you're not getting the dopamine you want, you get antsy, you get irritable, you get you want it to be over. You become impatient. You, you become craving whatever your thing is. You can become like annoyed and shameful and start being projecting shame and guilt. Whatever your theme of consciousness is, you'll start projecting it. So I want to just say that we used to have, and we still do, and now we're getting better at recognizing that, oh, this is a repercussion of that addiction. But we used to have so many arguments about like the dumbest things. And I'd be like, why are we having the same fight over and over again? Like, why can't you just be content, Matt? Why? Like, I would just be so confused as to why he was so dissatisfied. And we, it took us several years to realize that this has a connection to this addiction to dopamine and endorphins that he was getting from this addiction. And it's taken so long for his brain to rewire and, like he said, be okay with like delayed gratification and doing mundane stuff in our life because mundane stuff to someone who's addicted to extreme amounts of dopamine and endorphins mm. is so frustrating to them. It's so they can't handle it's normal so life. Basic. Yeah, it's so, and so I think if we don't have awareness of this, um, we just continue to chase the highs. So as someone who explored this, basically my life needed to constantly go bouncing from one high to the next. And if something didn't give me enough of a dopamine uh, satisfaction, I would just find a new high. So let's say, let's say I go to work. And I have a a good day, it's productive and work was great and all, but like not as rewarding as I really wanted. So then I'm like, all right, work's over. I need to go have a beer or let's go out to dinner and let's go have a really pleasurable dinner. And then I'm like, ah, so then what you're finding is, and maybe some of you can relate to this, is men who are really addicted to pornography and masturbating, they're going to have a desire to constantly need to reward themselves for some of the simplest things. Like, oh, I went to work today. I need to have a beer. I did this and this. Yeah. And it's like, I need now to reward myself. And I, and I am laughing because I do this. Well, I mean, especially, especially did it, but I do it even now. I'm still, you know, I'm still recovering and and healing this. Well, now let me just, let me just preface that Matt has a healthy outlet now. And he knows that he has this urge to reward himself because he is addicted to this dopamine, but we've been working on it and he plants a plant now to reward himself. He'll be like, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'll go landscape. He'll be like, Hey, I'm going to go plant but, a tree because then he gets to see instant gratification for yes. doing something and yeah. see it. And that helps his dopamine yeah. hit. But now we're at the point where we're like, okay, but you actually don't need to do anything though. Right. Because you're finding contentment within yourself. You're not addicted to these dopamine hits. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like we're working on yeah that. so so it kind of goes in stages everyone so you are going to need to replace it first with a healthy outlet so healthy outlets working that i out. used for a while were working out uh going surfing so a hobby something fun you know that you enjoy whatever yours is yeah let's um, just say it's not instant, gonna be something easy. something with instant gratification so landscaping gave me instant gratification because it's like immediate visual you know like mowing the yard like stuff like that because you instantly see result you can't just like quit like no you're you're not gonna if, be successful if you just try to cold turkey yeah if you're addicted to sex orgasming pornography um pleasure all that stuff like you are used to getting a certain amount of dopamine and endorphins on a regular basis and to just cut cold turkey you're gonna have you're gonna lower themes are gonna come out mm -hmm. in anger frustration rage fighting all that stuff's gonna happen so you definitely mm -hmm. need to have a strategy for <laughs> transitioning to a healthy outlet and then eventually being like get the dopamine regulated right so over time it will regulate and you can become more aware so whatever your emotional addiction is whatever your your theme of consciousness that you go back to that's going to be your red flag so in our episode on emotional addiction i mentioned that mine is anger so Whenever I notice my dopamine levels are not getting, I'm not getting enough, I will resort to anger. So anger is my red flag. If I start to get angry, that's supposed to be in the initial stages. That means I need to supplement myself with a healthy form of dopamine release so that I don't relapse. Because sometimes in the beginning phases of trying to kick this addiction, I would relapse. And if I started to get angry, I sought out the addiction as a form of healing the anger. Instead, the healthy version at first is to be like, I'm noticing I'm getting angry. I need to go do some, I need to go work out. Like for example, I used to do that. I'd be like, all right, I need to go work out. I need to go lift weights just for a couple minutes at least. And then I would get like some natural endorphins and I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Um, but then it eventually will evolve. And then now the anger can arise and I can just look at it and instead be like, whew, whoa. How can I cultivate contentment in this moment without needing to go chase a new dopamine high, even if it is natural? Because if you have to, if you're not at peace in every moment, then there's something that needs to be looked at there. And so even if it is a healthy form of dopamine seeking, you're still kind of um, seeking outside of yourself. So it's stages and you got to be compassionate with yourself along this journey. So now let's transition into talking about our experiment with this, mm -hmm. what we've been doing, how this is working, what we've been noticing. We've been, you know, paying attention and, and being really intentional about our intimacy to address this issue of dopamine addiction, endorphin addiction, and honestly just wanting to experiment with can we use sacred intimacy for the awakening of consciousness and expanding our yeah, expanding our consciousness so that we mm -hmm. could be in higher states in our life. And um, let's talk about how, how we've been doing that. <laughs> so um, the first time we we did this, we obviously made it really intentional. We're not just like, you know, going to go to have sex to have sex. We're like, hey, we're about to do something very sacred. We want to see each other. We want to um, use this time to really connect on the deepest, most intimate level. And for me, I don't know how this goes for you, but for me, it's the purpose is to like realize the unification of consciousness. Like I want to go into a state where there's no more you and me. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's like the one. Mm -hmm. And I feel that like when we go into um, this intentional intimacy, like I merge like with you so in depth intensely that like I feel it's almost like you're in your body because you're doing the sacred act, but you go so far beyond your body. It's like out, it's like an out of a body experience, even though you're having sex and you're in your body. Mm -hmm. For me, it's it, the way I would word it is uh, the like unification experience you just described. For me, it's like, I feel like uh, I'm with God. Yes. Like you, I feel like you are God in a, body like who's who's like manifested to be like hi like i love you i'm you in a mirror yeah it's like a really trippy experience and maybe i can articulate that in another way um it's as if 
we become the same self and we are, it's not that you're me, because that would be egoic. It's more like we are each other. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a way to word it. We it's are like we one. are literally each other reflected in two different forms, but we're the same. This is, if that's making sense. It's like all encompassing. So, yeah, it's very all encompassing. And it's, it's maybe uh, I could relate to it as maybe instead of saying out of body, for me, it's out of ego. Mm. I'm out of ego. I'm no longer Matthew and she's Ashley. It's more like we are divinity. creator. Yeah, we are creator. We are divinity in this strangely like virtual kind of a weird experience of like we took physical form just to like have fun being separate but like we're we in these moments of sacred union really realize like but we're really not but the state is like it's interesting because it's not like when i reflect on my past sexual experiences it's not like we're not just like banging like you're not just like doing it like we are this is very like lots of eye contact it's it's, like it's very it's a sacred dance and our breath is unified eye contact our eye contact is unified or if or if you're like closing your eyes it's extremely like in the moment it's very connected in the experience and it's way less about again obviously about the or it's not about the orgasm it's about the experience. It's about the connection and the union. And therefore, it's probably a lot slower than the typical concept. It's not about like getting off. Like no. there's a totally different energy to it. It's just, it's more intentional. And I like the the reference to being a dance. That's a little more kind of a good it's way a to describe it. It's a cosmic dance. Yeah. And so that's how we... Uh, sensual. sensual. Sensual would be a good word. It's very it's very sensual. It's very all-encompassing. You're in it. You're not somewhere else. And You're very in the I moment. I like to also preface that we talk to each other before we start this experience. We look each other in the eye. We tell each other, you know, yeah, all the things. Maybe even sage before it. We maybe even like, do. you know, sometimes... No, I'm just saying, like throwing that out there. Like yeah. maybe even try saging before it. Connecting, clearing the air, um, maybe getting anything out before you do this. You don't want to like head into it with like things on your mind. Well, we, Um, yeah, we set the intention by just talking to each other and being like, I see you. I love you. mm -hmm. Like, I'm so grateful for you. Like, wow. And we like really see each other mm -hmm. before we just like start this experience. We're not just like, it's very intentional. Yeah. And now, okay. So now as far as this experiment goes. One of the things, this was my first concern I had too, uh, even when Ashley pitched it to me, is the initial concept I think for most men is going to be, well, that's going to be weird. Like, how do I, how does it going to end? Because my initial question is, well, that's weird because sex always ends with me orgasming. And how is it going to end now if I just say, nope, we're done. And so you're going to want to come up with a way of closing the situation. So for us, when I reach a point where I'm finally just like, um, you know, because what you're going to find is you're going to want to calm down every once in a while because you're going to re- you're going to build it. And especially for the man, he's going to be like about to orgasm. He's going to need to kind of calm down and stop and de-stimulate for a second and just kind of like breathe and slow down and stop and just wait for the, the wave to kind of pass. And then you can kind of continue to explore it. Something that's interesting about this is, again, you're supposed to build and enjoy the pleasure just without the orgasm. So the idea actually is to, you can you can be having sex for like a long time because the goal is not to orgasm anymore. So it turns into this like really pleasurable experience. Yeah, and, and I don't think we said this, but the, the whole point is that, like we said, you don't stop making love for this experiment. You actually want to have this sacred act of sex and it has to be with the love energy. It has to be with the purpose of genuine love to create and expand and raise the kundalini. Like you actually, if you're using sex this way, that's the point. Mm -hmm. It's to create, expand and raise the kundalini. Like, and you do that through the euphoric experience of Mm -hmm. lovemaking. Mm -hmm. So... So after you've had the experience and eventually it's going to reach a point where the man is like, honestly, uh, it just, if I, if it keeps going, I, I, it's going to, I'm going to orgasm. So there is going to reach a point where the man has to, this is why this takes incredible self-discipline is because you have to eventually say, okay, like 
this is like namaste i see you we're connected i love you and now we are gonna have we're done we're yeah. finishing like yeah. it, we are we you are close. ending so you close the sacred experience and the man's got to call it and the woman too because there was times like ashley's had to be like mm, we have to stop so the woman too especially if a woman is really connected to her orgasm and it's a common thing for her you too as the woman will have to make the call as well so both of you have to be like all right. You have to communicate. You have to be like, nope, too much. I got to stop. I guess stop. it's just at the height. At, at the, the height, height you, you close. You, it's like it's like there's enough. Like imagine if you were eating a really good dessert. Like you know there's a point if you keep eating the chocolate it's cake, you're going to turn into gluttony. Yeah, yeah. you're like, okay, like enough is enough and like let it be enough, you know? Like that is kind of like you get to this height, heightened state where and you're buzzing and the kundalini is definitely rising and like there you're just you're literally high before and you're and then you want to just let that be so you 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 know you come to a close and 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 be like just be next to mm. each other like lay next to each other cuddle just yeah. feel the frequency and the energy flooding your body and the gratitude and the love mm -hmm. and let that let that energy vitalize you and energize you for your life yeah i felt like i could run a marathon the first time we tried this yes like after stopping i felt so energized it was ridiculous so the science so okay so there's a spiritual side that's happening right the kundalini we're discussing like all things in spirituality and yoga have a correlation scientifically as well. So you're having this spiritual energy being built, you're raising your kundalini, all of that is happening. And scientifically what that translates to is you have a heightened amount of endorphins in your system. And so if you don't orgasm, those endorphins stay and they're cultivated and your body's flooding and teeming with them. But when you orgasm, it's gonna cut, drop, and suppress you're going to depress after it so what i've noticed is one once we we after doing this experiment for a long time orgasming again i felt so depleted after orgasming and i'm realizing now in retrospect why is because as soon as i orgasm again i realized how much my system shut down afterwards Whereas when I don't orgasm, I stay incredibly activated. I'm in a really heightened active state. And so the first time we, we did this, I was, we were laughing because I was like, oh, I feel like I could move a mountain. Like I was so jacked with energy because I had huge heightened amount of kundalini, but also endorphins. I was flooded with natural endorphins. And because I didn't cut them off and release them, um, it got to get maintained. So that translated into incredible drive, ambition, passion, and everything we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, it kind of made me feel like a superhuman. Mm -hmm. So to get you excited about this, I promise you, this is going to make you feel superhuman. You are going to feel euphoric and it's going to heighten your abilities and power and ambition so if you are a person who's like struggling with the docile if you're the man listening or if you're the woman who sees this in your man uh or you're also if you're a woman who's really addicted to orgasms because that's also a thing too if you're noticing that your energy you have an energy depletion issue guarantee you try this and start to watch what happens because if you are someone who orgasms every day Take that away for a, just start with like a week and notice how incredibly driven you become. Yeah. And there's a biology primal reason to this too, because the urge to mate motivated you as an animal. So on the primal level, you were motivated to, to mate. So you would do whatever it took to make sure and recreate before you died. So this was a primal urge. It has endorphins. And there's a spiritual reason. So all of those things come together to, to give you incredible motivation in life. Now suddenly, every day is a blank canvas to create with this energy. Now, instead of wasting it and literally wiping it away, throwing it away, like 
you know, just getting literally rid of it. Jacking off. Literally just <laughs> monkeying around, just being like, getting it, like leaving it around. Like, what the heck? Instead, you now have cultivated this as like almost like a superhuman because now you're incredibly empowered. This energy stays within you. And I've noticed that my ability to get things done became unstoppable. The amount of things I could do in a day was astronomical. And it was very different because as, as soon as I orgasm again, I didn't want to do anything, yeah. you guys. And so it was so obvious that it kind of became for me undisputable. Yeah. So that's why I would say just experiment. Find out for yourself. Don't take our word for it. As always. Give it a give it. Yeah. As, this is an that's, invitation. It's always experiment. how everything we do is. Where it's always an invitation, right? It's always an invitation to be like, just maybe give it a shot. Find out for yourself. Um, because what we found is it's it's remarkable how different it has made life. Yeah, so if you guys have any questions about this, we're happy to answer them, but we do um, request that you type your questions into our private Facebook group. It's called The Inner Work on Facebook. It's a Facebook group, and we created this group so that we could answer your guys' questions openly as many of you um, have the same types of questions, and it really just helps us um, be able to answer everything in one place and help other people and open up the conversation. We don't want this type of stuff we talk about on our podcast to stay um, hidden, like this information, all this stigma around the type of stuff we talk about, we want to remove and put everything out in the open and start an open dialogue. So that's why we created the Facebook group. So we invite you to um, join us inside that group. I just had one more inspiration to share on this is that not seeking orgasms will also help if you're struggling with addictions in other aspects of your life, it'll help rewire your brain to not be destination seeking. I've also noticed that by removing orgasm, it's helped me not be um, always trying to get somewhere because orgasm is kind of like a final destination you're trying to get to. And it helps. I've noticed that it's also helped me enjoy the journey mm -hmm. for what it's worth. Just to kind of, I had a feeling to say that too, is it really helps you just enjoy the everyday life because you're not trying to get anywhere anymore. You're not trying to get that hit. You're not trying to get that orgasm because that's honestly what we're all on a primal level seeking. So it, it helps you remove that behavior and really just really see the bliss of life in everyday moments, really see the spiritual gift of life and really appreciate it on a whole new level. Mm -hmm. Well, we love you guys and invite you uh, to... Keep you know? your orgasms. <laughs> Keep them inside. Keep them Cultivate inside. them. Create beautiful, beautiful, yeah. life-changing things in the world. Spread love and peace. Cultivate that creative energy for something higher. Awesome. Love you guys. Love you. Namaste. Namaste.